0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, where I interview the absolute best health and wellness practitioners from across the globe to show you what they do so you can do it too. This is because, like you, I did not always feel that health was easy. I had tried different diets, exercise plans, but often felt misled by an industry that really thrives on you not getting healthy and always spending money on the next new thing. Because of this, I'm getting bare naked on health and pulling back the curtain to show you that... Being truly healthy is simple. Wherever you are in your health journey, I want to show you that with minimal effort, you can get maximum results and do what you love. Play with your kids, go for a hike, and crush it in your business, all while feeling great. To give a kickstart, I encourage you to go over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com to access my calendar and schedule a 15-minute call so we can discuss what is your biggest struggle when it comes to maintaining your health. Remember that I'm a holistic lifestyle coach and that the show is really sponsored by you guys. Each of you that works with me that I am able to take on as a client helps me to be able to keep putting out these podcasts for free. So I just want to thank you, each of you, for your love and support. Hey guys, I'm your host Nick Horowski and welcome to another episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast. Uh, This is episode number 122 Uh, and this is going to be a a solo episode here uh, where I'm just going to be talking about some new thoughts that I've had on movement, some new experiences that I've had, uh, just things that I've been working on. Uh, So I'm out in the garage early morning here, uh, some birds chirping, I'm moving and grooving around a little bit, Uh, just trying to get, get my body prepped for the day. And I wrote down a bunch of things that I really wanted to share with you. Uh, I think that different thoughts on movement. Again, there's there's the whole, all right, you need to do 30 minutes of movement daily, uh, maybe two times strength training each week, uh, whatever kind of the general guidelines are. And I think those are an absolute must starting point. I mean, everybody must get that, that little bit in, uh, but if you really want (laughs) your body to be functioning very well, and for a very long period of time, uh, it's going to take a whole lot more than just going for a walk 20, 30 minutes a day and just doing a little bit of strength training, uh, a couple times a week. Um, not that that is a bad thing. Remember, it's just that we do so much sitting, uh, again, the the whole sitting is the new smoking thing uh, that we need to do more movement than that to be able to combat the, the lack of movement and just the being so sedentary uh, in our daily lives. So I'm not necessarily going to give guidelines, but I want to go over things I think that are just really pressing matters and that might be able to help uh, mitigate just some of that sitting. And one of the things that I think is becoming uh, a little bit more mainstream is uh, thoughts on shoes and footwear. Uh, For me, it's more looking into it from a minimalist standpoint. Now, do I think everybody needs to go barefoot and have just absolutely minimal footwear? Well, no, I think that would actually be a terrible idea. Uh, And we would see a whole other rise uh, in foot problems with that. And I think that originally happened with um, oh, what was, oh the whole Vibram five fingers thing. Uh, people like started getting all these stress fractures and this and that. And well, yeah, when you go out and run on pavement barefoot, when you've been locked in shoes for who knows how long and doing the same thing, well, you were running with casts on your feet. And now you just went and let your foot move again. Uh, and just basically force the motion out of it. So I don't think that's really the way. Um, But I think a vast majority of people uh, could and should get into minimalist footwear. Uh, So what do I mean by that? I mean shoes that just allow you uh, really no cushion, first of all. I mean the cushioning is just going to be absorbing a lot of the ground impact forces that Mimic uh, not mimic just kind of cover up that amount of impact like you're still getting that Reverberations through the foot through the knee through the hip through up through the pelvis the spine uh, and so on and so forth So that's really going to be causing uh, It's going to be masking a lot more than you really know going forward But getting into the minimalist footwear it does take time like I will say this right now reason people had a problem with it initially they didn't have a break-in period this is just like anything else you cannot jump all the way into it uh if what you're gonna do with it hey you start wearing the footwear and you're on your feet a lot well okay wear them for an hour a day you do that for three four days then you go to two hours then you go to three hours like this is a very gradual buildup, just like it is when you start lifting program, exercise program, uh, whatever that looks like. You can't just go all out or you will break down. So getting into the minimalist footwear is, is the same thing, but I still think that I say just about everybody should, because our feet are meant to move, uh, again, function similarly to a hand. So if they're not getting and being allowed that movement, they're going to become rigid, muscles are going to stop working uh and that's where you need to look up things like short foot strengthening exercises um and i'm doing them right here as i'm talking about it the simplest way to think about it try keeping your foot almost flat on the ground and try bring uh like the balls of your feet keeping them on the ground trying to bring them back towards your heel uh, and you probably feel like the arch start really turning on, uh, your feet might start cramping up. Um, you can do, uh, again, like foot scoops, like really trying to scoop the arch up. That's a little bit different. One, you keep the first knuckle down, the other one you don't, um, just another thing I think that everybody should be doing for your feet. And this is probably one of the most important things, especially if you're trying to get that movement back through your feet, get that connection back through the ground Is rolling out your feet. Um, My favorites are either a lacrosse ball and or um, a golf ball. I think each has little nuances that the other doesn't. Both are very firm, uh, which is a must. Like you can't use a tennis ball and expect the same results on this, but you have to roll your feet out side to side, front to back, top to bottom. I mean, any and every motion possible, your foot's meant to go through it. So you need to be able to allow that to happen. Um, this, I think, is something that's just really critically important for optimal functioning, not just of the foot and ankle, but of the knee, of the hip, of the back. Again, this goes all the way up the chain. Uh, so I really think anybody and everybody should be rolling their feet out to some extent, uh, at least a couple times a week. Uh, the amount of nerve endings that are down there, because how do we get around? For the most part, is on our feet. Uh, so if you're not taking this seriously, you're going to lead, it's going to lead to a lot of other problems. Uh, got to get the feet muscles working, the joints moving all of the above. Uh, and then it's about selecting the right footwear. Uh, there's so many different options out there anymore. I mean, really the possibilities can be endless, uh, but you have to find something that works for you. Um, depending on the environment, depending on the type of shoe that you have to wear. Uh, I'm pretty lucky I can wear just about any shoe that I want to work. Uh, and being a physical therapist, uh, if I wear some crazy shoes, it's actually a great talking point for me uh, because people will say, hey, what the hell are on your feet? Uh, I get that just about every day, if not a couple times a day and every week, uh, quite a few times, obviously uh, from the five fingers that I wear, uh, cause I do like those. Um, uh, I don't wear them all the time. A lot. Of, I, I also have, uh, a pair of Merrells, uh, which is just very low profile. I mean, there's no arch support. They're like four millimeters, maybe five millimeters thick. Uh, so just again, not much to them. I'm still getting that ground contact. Uh, I have some Sinooks. Uh I like those, but they do have a little bit of cushioning. Uh at least it's minimal cushioning, very minimal thickness to them. So those are pretty good. Well, I'm trying to think just uh, there's innovates, there's vivo barefoots out there. Uh a lot of these things I think are just very good. Um people ask about other just flat footwear. Uh I mean you have the the Chuck Taylors is the classic uh a lot of other shoes. I mean, a lot of soccer shoes, like a completely flat bottom, like indoor ones. Um, I'm not as big of a fan of any of these. Uh, I think again, they all have their place, and depending on what you're doing. But my problem there is again just the thickness of them. You can't get that same ground feel, that same contact. Uh, maybe you don't want it. and That's okay uh, for certain things. But like I said, this is general movement, general health, not necessarily for athletics, uh, high heels. I'm not even going to address that. Uh, the only time a heel I think should be elevated is if you have always worn a heel and you're gradually coming down out of it to allow for some lengthening, uh, of the Achilles of the, uh, whole, all of the plantar flexors, the the muscles on the back of the leg there, because it's the same thing. You want to introduce this gradually. You, if you don't, you're going to have the tendinopathies of the feet. You're going to have um, all these breakdown points. So don't let that happen. Uh, the other thing would be if you do have an Achilles tendinopathy, uh, an elevated heel to start off would be a good thing um, until you get that inflammatory process under control and be able to kind of calm it down. But as a whole, uh, yeah, get those feet moving. Get them free. Get them in the grass, get them on, uh, uh, surfaces that they're not meant used to being on. Um, so instead of just, I'm standing on concrete in the garage right now, but I'm looking out at the grass. I mean, grass e- e- is flat as any piece of grass looks. There's a ton of rolling dips, movements, arches in it, whatever it is. So your foot has to get used to that movement and it can be, uh, not traumatic, but it can be a lot more than you're really used to. Uh, so that's my thoughts on footwear feet. Again, just a little quick uh, rant on that, if you will, but just something I think that's really important. Uh, the more dive into movement, and I see it unlock uh, a lot of other things um, at at the foot and the ankle, but also up the chain. Uh, now, I've recently been listening to some of uh, Kitty Bowman's work. I think she's a biomechanist. I'm, I'm not quite sure. I forget exactly. She might be a physical therapist too. Uh, however, uh, some of the things that I've been listening to her on, I think it was in, she was talking about it. it was in one of her books, in which I'm going to have to get to check out. And I thought this was one of the most profound things uh, I've heard somebody say about the human body, especially for movement and getting muscles to work. Uh, and she might not she might have said it a little bit nicer than this, uh, but you, you gotta let your balls free uh, and what this really means is like guys should really be wearing boxers uh, or anything that allows their testicles to just hang freely and I'd never thought about this before uh, until she went into again talking about muscles uh, for for men specifically, but hey, they have to be able to work, right? Like these are still muscles just like anything else. We talk about the muscles in the feet. If they're always in shoes, if they're always supported, they're basically in a cast at all times. Well, if your balls are the same way, that's not good. You don't want these muscles to completely lose function. No, that's that's not going to be healthy uh, because you have to understand where they connect now, this goes all the way on up into the pelvic floor. What is one of the main stabilizers of the spine? The pelvic floor. We talk about the inner unit. The pel- So the pelvic floor, the transverse abdominis, the multifidi and the diaphragm, this forms like a box around this lower back area if you will your abdominal region then too uh goes all the way around and if you're not getting that support in any of those uh areas in any of those planes your body is going to be maybe not initially but at some point it's going to be in a mess of problems a mess of trouble uh so i think doing that and this is the same thing with the footwear you not necessarily something that you would jump right into Uh, you might do this for a couple hours a day. I don't know, um, if there would be necessarily negative impacts on it. Uh, but if it's something you've been doing for 50, 60, 70 years, uh, just always having that complete support, well, maybe you don't jump right into it. Maybe do it for a couple hours a day and get out of it. Uh, alternate days, uh, either way, take a gradual approach to it. But I thought this is as funny as it can sound to say, Hey, like, let your balls hang free. Uh, it's a pretty profound statement uh if you really do get down to it and think about it and yeah i think boxers in this case would be the way to go uh don't wear the i mean if you're wearing a, playing a sport and you want to wear some compression gear uh, i get that but again when you're done with the sport get out of the compression gear uh don't wear tight pants all day uh whatever it looks like all of these things uh imagine can add up uh over time so Thank you, Katie, uh, for that. Uh, She also had mentioned something. I mean, when I've listened to her, it's been in the presence of other guys. She's mainly focused on the men. Um, I have heard people talk, though, uh, her included, on uh, females and bras. Uh, I'm not really going to comment on this too much because I don't know enough about it. Uh, Plus, I've never worn a bra or had breasts, so... My comment, I think kind of goes out the window, but I'm going to give you at least a couple cents worth here, maybe two, three cents worth. Uh, Depending on the setting, I guess, yeah, you would have to look presentable, whatever that would be like, but it's the same thing. If the muscles that help support the breasts are always being supported by a bra, well, this allows you to fall into a forward posture because it gives you just that support. Uh, and I think that this would be negatively impacting one's posture uh, by letting a female just fall further forward and forward, just cave that down, down into the chest. Uh, and now this is what leads to neck problems, back problems, like upper back, lower back, uh, shoulder problems, because everything just falls forward. Uh, if not able to, hey, just basically stick the chest out, support everything. Uh, so I don't know how... Functional, this is. Uh, I, I'm not sure personally, uh, but I, I really believe that it could be something. Hey, maybe you wearing the bra like out in public at work, that type of thing. But it might just be getting out of it at home because now, hey, you're going to let those muscles start actually doing the work. Maybe this does help clear up some of your neck pain, your shoulder pain, your back pain, uh, because instead of those muscles always just being shut off and you're just hanging on the joints, the ligaments, the, just the connective tissue in general. Well, now the muscles are actually working and helping to support, uh, the surrounding area. Uh, okay. Another thing that she had brought up and I've heard, uh, not just Katie, uh, other people, um, talk about this, uh, which would be, mattresses, uh, sleeping environment, or let's call it sleeping surface. Uh, cause I've heard Kelly Starrett talk on this too. Um, actually got to have a conversation with him a couple years back, uh, at, at one of the classes I took with him and sleeping surfaces, something that I've often thought of as you should get something that's comfortable for you. And Katie, really actually help me change my thoughts on this. I think for the better. Uh, and I'm going to give you both sides to this because I think it's important to have the understanding. So there's the side that you should get as comfortable as possible and you should be able to just, you hit the pillow, you're out like a light, right? You don't move. Uh, you wake up completely refreshed, didn't move at night, same position. You went to bed and you're like, wow what happened I just like zonked out don't even know where I was for a second there right uh and that's I think the general consensus as to what sleep should look like like there should be complete zero interruptions you should not be moving at all it should be just completely still and I probably would have said that up until fairly recently uh and now I I'm pretty much 100% against that uh I think that not that I want people waking during the night, not that I don't want them getting into a deep rest, but we go through approximately 90 minute cycles of sleep, right? And that's going to be different for everybody. It changes throughout the night. It changes throughout life in general. So we're still going to have those lighter and heavier periods of sleep uh, throughout the night in general. So I think to get, And for the bodies to be moving throughout the night, I think now really is normal. Like when you're in that lighter period, you're going to shift around. You're going to rush around, which I think is very good because what leads to breakdown, what leads to problems is I'm just standing here as an example for myself, like just ramrod straight, just completely still not moving. I'm just holding my microphone. And if that's all I did all day, I would be absolutely miserable, right? Because my body's not moving. And now as I'm talking here, I'm squatting, I'm doing some twists, arms up overhead, getting all these different movements. And that's what actually feels good. That's what pumps the joints, keeps them filled with fluid. That's what gets the muscles contracting, expanding, like uh, all, all of this back and forth so that your body is able to express what it's meant to do. It's meant to express all of these movements, all of these angles, and it has to. And now taking this back to sleep, well, no wonder some people are just absolutely miserable trying to get up and out of bed in the morning, right? I liken it back to the example I used for cushioned footwear. If you're just always in this cushioned position ah lovely support like well nothing has to work nothing has to move nothing has to pump and i think we should be initially on something firm uh i I think that could still be maybe a little bit more pliable uh if you will but i still like the idea of like a minimal mattress uh so throwing something on the floor uh and i Really don't think my wife's gonna be up for that, especially uh, being pregnant right now. She wants to be as comfortable as possible, and I'm absolutely okay with that. Uh, <laughs> that being said, I think there—I've always had this attraction to sleeping on the floor. Like, I like to do it. Uh, I feel very comfortable on there. Uh, the one exception would be my feet and ankles. I like to have something just because I, I sleep slides uh, the onto my like stomach slash like a quarter turn maybe to my side. Uh, And I like something under my ankles because I don't like them pointing forward. So always like in plantar flexion, like you're pressing a gas pedal all night. Um, It's just not comfortable. I like my feet hanging off the bed. Uh, So, but this also allows me to express those ranges of motion at night. Uh, So what I'm really getting down to to is I think movement during sleep is good. Uh, It doesn't necessarily be, I don't want it to be constant movement. I don't want it to be something that would be waking people. Like I don't want you getting up and just necessarily moving around during the middle of the night. But I think those movements where you're in between stages of sleep is a very good thing. So you almost don't want to be so comfortable that you don't ever have to move. Uh, because again, that can lead to just that joint stiffness, the muscle stiffness, uh, nothing really wanting to rebound and perform, uh, first thing in the morning. But in this case, hey, you're getting that turn here, your turn there, flipping over side to side, back to back, front to back, whatever it is. And all those joints are now able to express some ranges of motion, at least a little bit better. Uh, so I, I, I encourage people to just explore different sleep, sleep positions, explore all these different movements, uh, different Places to sleep, uh, whatever it might look like, and this might sound a little crazy, uh, but most things are uh, until they're mainstream. Until it's like, oh, yeah, uh, a few years ahead of the time, like everything starts to come out. So I think this might be something she's really onto with this, and and I appreciate her saying it and, and being able to spark some thoughts in myself because I think that's what it's about. Is, I said I would have been dogmatic, like, no, you should not move. You should be out for eight hours, like this and that. And while I still think everybody needs that requisite period of sleep, uh, what the sleep position movement looks like is going to all vary. Uh, Each of us is going to need different support. Each of us is going to need to sleep in different positions and find those for yourself. I encourage you to, Uh, but also experiment with it and don't be upset that you're moving around at night, be upset if all that movement is really hampering your sleep quality and keeping you up and just not letting you recover. So there's a big difference there. Uh, So really with all of these, I mean, come back to this. There's a break-in period with all movement, whatever that looks like. So don't just jump all in on one of these. Jump all in from the standpoint of, okay, I'm going to take this over the next hundred days and move it from point A to point B. Uh, Or whatever that period looks like for you. But don't just go all in on day one. And now day two, there's nothing else to progress towards. So you want to, again, gradual build up on this to allow your body to acclimate to it. And really just bring that home and let it give you the most benefit. Uh, So now, since we're talking about movement, I still, I've harped on this before, but... (sighs) it's becoming more and more important to me. And what helped me recognize it was for the last like eight weeks, uh, I had a student in the clinic. So I was working with her. And when she first started, again, this is with anybody, there's stuff that we're going to be going over. There's a lot of new, uh, not just from like, hey, getting to know the clinic, getting to know the patients, um, but showing all the different manual things, all the new exercises. And the more and more uh, she became independent. And that was the point. Like, to get her to be able to be a practicing clinician, well, I was much more hands off. Uh, maybe at that point it was more just talking, so not so much all the movement. And I really noticed by uh, there's there's a week in there where it just hit me. I was like, I'm not getting the amount of movement that I'm used to throughout the day. So I really picked that back up. And you have to understand, I'm somebody who moves quite a bit throughout the day. I'm not saying that I move a lot or that my job is super physical because it's not. Uh, I, I can make it more physical by doing more exercises, stretches, uh, mobilizations, just movements throughout the day for myself in the clinic. Um, but as a whole, uh, yeah, I use my hands a bit, but I can, I could get away with doing very little movement. Uh, I forced myself to have a stand-up desk in which I'm always bopping around. Again, standing desk is not just standing ramrod straight. No, it still is meant for movement. And again, the big take-home for me was even I could fall into that trap of being too stagnant. So what did I do? Well, sometimes I would do some squats. Sometimes I would do some Cossack squats, which, um, Drew Virgilino and I, when he was on a couple uh, a couple months ago, really talked about getting into that. And it's, it's more of like a side to side lunging movement, uh, really, really opens up the hips, uh, but I think can do a lot for knees, ankles, etc. And I'll do some rotations. I'm doing a lot of it here now, but just simple things that I can do at work, uh, arms up overhead, leaning back, bending forward, all of these movements, again, I'm just trying to let my muscles, let my joints uh, express all of these ranges of motion. But not only that, now I'm sending nerve fibers, uh, I'm sending nerve signals, I'm getting all the joint proprioceptors, I'm I'm just getting all this stuff ramped up and just slightly tuned up, right? Needs to be able to work, they need to be able to function. And I'm doing this, again, in minimal footwear or barefoot. Uh, these are all things that anybody can take and apply them to their jobs. So, okay, Nick, but I sit at a desk. How am I supposed to do that? Stand up. Just stand up, sit down 20 times. Like, there, you can go to the bathroom. You can go get a drink of water, which I'm going to do right now. All this talking makes me thirsty. Sorry. All of these things, though can be done, can be applied to your life. You just have to be creative enough to implement them. Uh people will look at you and I don't even get it actually at work. So it's hard for me to relate. I, I should take that back. But my thought is my projection would be that people are gonna look at you kind of funky, right? And Then you're going to do it and you're going to start feeling better and you're just not going to give a damn what they say Uh, and then they're going to see that you're doing it you're moving you're still grooving just doing all these things and they're going to try it and they're going to move a little bit and say hey you know what that actually feels kind of good i'm not so stiff by the end of the day my feet aren't swollen at the end of the day i don't feel exhausted at the end of the day Uh, these are all things yes that people have told me after i've told them and just shown them how to start moving even just a little bit throughout the day you always hear about the setting the timer yeah well set a timer on your computer on your phone on get a, just get a timer i mean a kitchen timer and just set it for five minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes uh, an hour whatever it is and maybe build up a routine maybe it's uh this time you do this movement this time you do this movement and just so on and so forth Um uh, but that movement throughout the day on your lunch break, get a little bit of a walk-in. All of these things still sound simple, still are common things that you hear, but they're not done. So I encourage you, take that action now. Set it into play for today. Don't wait for tomorrow. Just go do it. Go try it. And You're not going to know what happens until you do it. But this is what you need. You need to put all of your joints through their full range of motion. That's what it comes down to. Partial range of motion is not going to cut it. It's going to help at the time, but it's not going to keep that full range of motion for you. So, movements are meant to be done through a full range of motion. This goes down to all movements. What are those big movements? We have the squat, so squatting down. We have the bend, so that hinge pattern from the hips. The lunge pattern. Oh, and I'm doing all these as as I'm saying them because I think they just feel good, like they're that important. Twist. So you should be able to twist again. Not just the spine. Twisting comes down to all joints. Like, they all can twist to some extent. Uh, where am I? And then pushing and pulling. So pushing, pulling, and, of course, gait. Gait can be expressed as simple walking. It can be running, can be sprinting, could be going sideways, backwards, a little bit of everything. So again, express all of these to really just be able to get that body moving and grooving to its fullest potential. Last thing I want to talk on: uh, recently picked up a strongman uh, coach, uh, so somebody who's going to really be helping me with some of my programming. Uh, and the reason that I decided to do this is it's both for myself and to show. I think that we all need a little bit of help with whatever even whatever our expertise are. I'm really good at movement. I know what I'm talking about with it. Uh, strength game, I'm pretty good with. I'm not going to say I'm as good with that uh, because it's something in physical therapy school we study somewhat, but we don't really take a dive into, right? Not a deep dive that I would like to. Each of us needs to... I'm sorry. Each of us is blind To things in our own life. Uh, We're not going to see all of our weaknesses. So I'm going to speak specific to movement here. I'm not going to always be able to address my biggest weaknesses because I know what I like. I know what I don't like, and I'm not going to program things that I don't like as easily as I will program things that I like. I would deadlift some variation. I would do the stones. I would do any type of bending variation all day every day for the rest of my life and be completely happy with it but you know what's going to suffer all my other movements especially if i'm a competitor my pressing my pressing sucks right so there's a lot of overhead pressing in strongman and i have not been good at that in the past uh i'm actually making really good improvements right now um even before i'd started working with him really stepping on my game on that but i wanted to take it to another level Why? Because I enjoy it because it's fun for me, but also because it feels good. And now that I have somebody who is able to address those weaknesses and look at where my flaws lie and help me be able to not skip out on that and be held accountable for it is a fantastic thing for me. It is amazing. Uh, so that's first and foremost, uh, Todd Giorgi over uh, with New York Strong has really been helping me out with that. Uh, he's a strongman competitor, but he's also been uh, schooled by Czech, by Paul Quinn. I mean, two of the people that I respect the absolute most in the strength movement game. Uh, so that's really why I'm, I'm happy to say like I sought him out and looking forward to really working with him. But... I encourage everybody to get some type of movement coach. I mean, I'm a physical therapist, so of course I'm going to promote that. And I think that everybody, everybody needs that movement coach, uh, of some sort, no matter what level you are at, because there are going to be, again, these things that you're blind to. Now it doesn't mean you always have to work with them forever and ever, but to get tune ups once in a while might be the way to go about it. But I encourage you right now, go out and find who that person is going to be in your area. If you're around, uh, Allentown, Eastern Bethlehem area, I mean, come to me or come to one of the clinics for Robbins. I'll be glad to help you out. Uh, and a lot of awesome, just super skilled therapists here, but if not go out and find somebody else, uh, go out and find somebody like myself or somebody else who does some of this movement coaching online. That still is available. Uh, get some type of movement program, uh, I was thinking about just putting something together, uh, for you guys. Like if there's enough, if people reach out to me, um, go over to the, uh, website there and send me something like, Hey, yeah, I'm interested. Like I want uh, a movement program. I, this would be more of like a mobility slash stretching, um, with the most common faults that I see. Uh, I'd love to make up something that I could get out for everybody here. Um, but let me know if there's, if there's some interest there. Uh, if not, I'm going to just keep doing it in my garage and feeling better and going about my day uh but if you guys are really interested in that i can definitely put something together for you what i've noticed though along the way uh for the strong man is bill's upper backs are super weak uh and i think this is something intuitively that we can see with the rounding of the shoulders uh, that everything just comes forward and we're very dominant in the front and not so much in the back I want to just say this, like, get your upper back really strong. Again, I think everybody should be doing some type of resistance exercise, uh, but make sure that those bend patterns, those pull patterns are just rock solid because I think that goes a long way for neck health, for shoulder health, for back health, uh, and really expresses itself in a lot of other movements. Um, But very much so, it's, it's very dominant on... The strength of that upper back so don't let that be an overlooked part of your program Uh, whether it be pulling towards you pulling down pulling up uh, doing so with arms straight so all these horizontal abduction uh, extension um, again lots and lots of different patterns but that scapular retraction just that doing it with one arm at a time, both arms, like doing it with a twist, incorporating all these different movements with it is so, so critical. Just the back of the shoulders, the upper back, get it brutally strong. And this isn't just for athletes. This is for everyday people. Like we're so falling forward that we have to stretch out the front and just get that upper back. Very, very strong. Uh, This same thing goes to play where i was talking about before women wearing or not wearing bras if your upper back is not really strong and if you have larger breasts this is going to be a problem all of these things we think about it like oh it really doesn't matter for me no it does human movement is still complex you have to have certain things in play to really be able to thrive and just not only thrive, but just feel good on a daily basis. So I encourage you get that upper back strong, get somebody to show you just a couple things that you can do to really do that. Uh, if you don't know what the prone Cobra is, everybody should be holding a prone Cobra for three minutes. Done. End of story. Uh, look that up. Go make it happen. And again do a gradual buildup, start off like 10 seconds, 10 times with the holds, go to 30 second holds, go to minute holds, go to multiple minute holds. I mean, get to that three minute mark. Um, your body will certainly thank you for it and do it properly. No cheating. Uh, last thing, uh, and this ties into strongman a little bit. This ties into movement in general. There are no movements that are off limits for the spine. The spine is meant to flex fully as I'm bending all the way down here the spine is meant to extend fully oh yeah there we go rotating to the right rotating to the left and this is low back thoracic cervical i mean like top to bottom everything all ranges of motion but not only that i mean here we go Oh, doing some circles here too yeah this all feels really good not only should it be able to move that way normally, we should be able to progressively add a little bit of load to that. Oh, whoa, 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 Nick. You're, you're loading the spine when it's not in complete neutral? Yes, I am. The neck needs to be strong. The upper back needs to be strong. The lower back needs to be strong. No matter what. Uh, especially, I mean, you think of an athlete. Like, they're diving, moving, twisting, pulling, all these things. They're never in neutral spine. For somebody who I'm, I'm looking around my garage right now, we're, we're getting some new cabinets in. If I had to turn around a little bit and lift something up because of just the movement of it all, well, I can't just say, oh, well, you know what? We have to wait till this is an absolute perfect position. I can't put this in here, uh, especially like hanging something uh, up around Uh, another shelf, this and that. No, it's not going to be practical. Like You can't do that. It's just not going to happen. You have to be strong in all of the positions. Again, this doesn't mean that you go out and start doing Jefferson curls uh, with your current deadlift max. No, but you add some weight to a Jefferson curl. And then the next week, you add five pounds to it. And next week, you add five pounds to it. And after a year, you've added a bit of weight to it. Right? Maybe it's every month you add 5 pounds to something. What's that? 60 pounds in a year. That's huge. That's absolutely huge. But it's all movements. Don't let them get imbalanced. Get the spine strong in all different planes. Top to bottom, left to right, front to back. Get it moving in all of those planes first. Get the movement. Start adding a little bit of load. Your, your spine, your joints, everything is going to start thanking you for it. So, that is my rant on movement today, if you will. Um, thank you very much for checking it out. This was actually a big episode for me because I've wanted to start going into a little bit deeper dives on certain things. Uh, so this was fun. I might do this a little bit more, uh, maybe every couple weeks, maybe every month, uh, maybe I'll just shift to this depending on what you guys think of it. Uh, no, that's not true. I still want to interview some people too. Uh, but Thank you for checking out Um, my, my biggest thing that I want you to encourage you of today is take one of the thoughts that we've discussed, whether it's shoes and footwear or just feet in general, whether it's uh, letting, letting the boys hang free or the girls up top. uh, If you're female, I guess either way there um, think about that, like see how that would let your body express itself differently. Uh, Think about your sleeping surface uh think about just your movement throughout the day expressing movement through all ranges of motion uh think of do you have a movement coach so pick one of these things start somewhere uh and run with it uh and if you're interested in me coming up with like either a movement program specifically for you or if you guys just want me to come out with one I can put up on the website um please let me know uh I'd love to love to do that if you guys are really interested Uh, and thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to head over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com to check out the show notes for today's episode. While you're there, go to my calendar and schedule a 15-minute call so we can discuss what is your biggest struggle when it comes to maintaining your health. Remember that I'm a holistic lifestyle coach and the show is sponsored by you guys. Each of you that I work with helps me to be able to put out podcasts like this for free. So thanks again for your love and support. Finally, if the show has helped you out in any way, please head over to iTunes to give the Bare Naked Health Podcast a positive comment comment, and 5 star rating. This really goes a long way in getting the word out with how simple health can be and helping to share the podcast with others. So thank you.